0: So the past couple of weeks we've been do, talking about, um, we've been in this series called Deaf Mountains. And, and really what that means and what that's all about is a lot of times what we say uh, in, in talking about our faith, the Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, a seed is really, really tiny. It says if, if you have such a small faith, you could even speak to a mountain and it'll be moved. And obviously, a large physical mountain isn't going to move. Move, but what in in our lives there may be mountains in our lives, things in our lives. Maybe a mountain is is. Um, Maybe, maybe your relationship with your family at home. Maybe your mountain is a relationship with friends at school or, or different things in your lives. There's different things that we can speak to with the faith of God in our lives, and God says those things can be moved. So a lot of times what we do is we, we try to, maybe we don't even think about it, or sometimes we try to speak to those things, and we're like, this mountain's not moving. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been exploring this topic of faith and, and, and living a faith-filled life because a faith-filled life is a fulfilled life. And so what we talked about is we, we, our, our kind of main thing we've been saying is like, what does it look like to live a faith-filled life? And so throughout the past couple weeks and continuing tonight, we've been talking about Abraham. And, and God tells Abraham to go. And then the first, first night, uh, we, we said this, we said that living a faith-filled life is about a willingness to step out of comfort so we can step into purpose. It's a willingness to step out of comfort so we can step into purpose. And then last week, we talked about Abraham, and, and um, then God told Abraham that he's going to have a son. You guys remember that story? And how old was Abraham? Anybody? hundred years old, and how, how old was his wife, Sarah. She was ninety. that's like way past having baby's age. and And so what Abraham does is he tries to rush the process. Abraham and Sarah tried to rush the process. They try to make things happen that weren't supposed to happen. And so Abraham has a baby with one of uh, of uh, Sarah's um, what do you call that? It's one of her servants, yes. And 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 God is like, no, 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 you're not doing what I asked you to do. If I promised you that you're going to have a child, even though you, you've probably tried for years and you have been unsuccessful, if I've promised you you're going to have a child, then you're going to have a child. And God asked him to be patient. And so what we talked about last week was living a faith-filled life is about a willingness to trust that God's timing is always the best timing, that God's timings always the the best timing. So tonight, if you got your Bible, we're going to look in Genesis once again, Genesis 22, and we're going to read a pretty decent little chunk of scripture here tonight. Um, So we're going to read Matthew 22. We're going to start in verse one, and we're going to read all the way to verse 12. It says this, after these things, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as, uh, uh, as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar." Then Abraham said to his young men, he said, stay here with the donkey. <clears throat> I and the boy will go over and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Basically, he's like, hey, you carry all this wood because I'm old. Um, and he laid it on his son, Isaac, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. Verse 7, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. And when they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand. He took the knife to slaughter his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And so that's what we're talking about. We're continuing to talk about the story of Abraham and, and Isaac. And, and so, so a lot of times what, what we're looking at in the Bible, sometimes what we need to do is take a little bit deeper look and we need to take a behind the scenes kind of look. And so you, you get a behind the scenes look at, at different sacrifices that, that um, made people get to where they are now. You, maybe you see successful people and, and what you see them now is at the top or at the top of their game or you see athletes, the best athletes, at the top of their game and you're just like, I want to be like that. But a lot of times we don't realize that the work that was put in behind the scenes, your basketball players who spent hours and hours dribbling, shooting, practicing, doing all kinds of things behind the scene so that when they're on the big stage, they're the best. Or how many of you guys like UFC? Anybody fight fight people in here? You, maybe? Okay. So like, so UFC fighters, they don't just show up to a fight and like, hey, let's go, let's fight. No, no, no. They spend hours and hours practicing and fighting and being punched in the face and like wrestling around and doing all these kinds of things. They don't show up and fight. They go through this whole process to prepare for what's about to take place. See, when you look at this moment in Abraham's life, I don't think we can really appreciate <clears throat> what's happening if we don't take a behind-the-scenes look at what's been going on. So, so what's happening here is that Abraham is a 100-year-old man. Actually, he's older than that now because Isaac, his son, is older, and he's older than that, and so he's got this super-duper old man. And his son Isaac... And, and him and uh, Abraham and Sarah have been trying for years and years and years to have a child. They never were able to. And that's what he wanted most of all, more than anything in this world. And so finally, long story, but finally God provided them a child. And so God <clears throat> provided them a child. But then one day, uh, Abraham, he loves, he desired this so much. God was like, hey, I want you to take your son. And, and I want you to take him on top of a mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your son. And you got to imagine that Abraham's like, no. God, no, we, we've, we've needed this. We've wanted this so bad. I've got three kids. I, I could probably give up one of them. I'm not telling which one. I think that- <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But, so, but, but, if, but if God was coming to me and he was like, hey, I want you to take one of your kids, and you're going to sacrifice one of your kids. I'm like, no way, that is not going to happen, that is not going to happen, and so, so you got to imagine that Abraham, he was torn up, his, his heart was broken, he was destroyed, but he thought, you know what, I, I need to be obedient to God, which was unbelievable to make this decision. And, and you got to think, I, Abraham was an older man, and Isaac wasn't just some baby at this point. I mean, he was b- old enough, big enough to climb a mountain and carry logs of wood to the top too. So he wasn't just a young boy. And so when you look at this story at first glance, when you observe it just kind of on the surface, it really, honestly, it kind of makes you question God. Like, why would he do this? Why would God do that to someone? Why would a loving God put someone through that whole ordeal, that whole mess? And so what happens is, is honestly, as a dad especially, you really begin to feel for Abraham. But then you really begin to feel for Isaac as well. And so I want us to take a deeper look tonight at this. And I want us to try to honestly, to see even deeper than that and see kind of behind the scenes of, of what this is really all about because... What this story is about is a father's willingness to sacrifice his son. And it's about a son's willingness to be sacrificed by his father. It's honestly really more than just about Abraham and Isaac. It's about God the Father, and it's about Jesus the Son. John 3.16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then Luke 22 verse 42 this is Jesus talking and this is right before he went to the cross to be sacrificed. He said he said this he said father if you're willing please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. this is about this is much deeper than than Abraham and Isaac it's 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 and it's it's more than it, it's a father willing to sacrifice his son and a son willing to be sacrificed. If you notice the story of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac didn't put up a fight. he's like, I, I just trust you dad. I'm not sure about all this, but I just trust you. And so he bound him up, laid him on top of the altar. He had the knife raised up, ready to go. See, this is this what this is. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is this is the whole reason that that we come together together every Sunday and every Wednesday and different times in between. See, this story about God giving Jesus to be sacrificed. This is everything. This is everything. Without this story, without what's happened here, there's nothing. There's nothing. And we've been talking about what it looks like to, be, to live a faith-filled life. And the reality is that if, if this story or this isn't true, then there's no need for faith at all if what God did and and what Jesus willingly did for us, if none of that's true, there's no need for faith at all. And so at the end of the day, I want you to know this, and I want you to write this down. Living a faith-filled life is simply about a willingness to believe. Honestly, really, that's what it boils down to. We 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 have to have a willingness to believe that this took place for us to change our lives. But maybe you're in this room tonight and you're like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of new to this faith thing or I've been around a little while but I'm still questioning some things. And so like, I'm like, my, my question tonight is to believe what though? What am I supposed to believe? We, have, we need to have a willingness to believe but believe what? What do we have to believe? And this is, what, what is the foundation of faith? Well, the first thing I want you to know, and and this isn't a fun thing for all of us to admit. um, But the first thing I want us to know is is that we're all sinners. We got to believe that. We have to know that. It's not fun to admit. It's not fun to know. It's not a a great thing to just be proud about. Woo, I am a sinner. But we have to believe that we're sinners. Romans 3.23, it says this, for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Who has sinned? We all have. Everyone has. So we have to believe first of all that we're sinners. And and, and so kind of here here's how this looks. God. Creator of everything, heaven and earth, and and then so one day he was like, I'm I don't want to be alone. So he created the the planets and the moons and the stars and he he created everything. And then after he created the earth with the, the water and the animals and all this kind of stuff, he said, you know what? I'm gonna create a man and a woman. And so he created Adam and Eve. And here's the cool thing about what God did. He came down from heaven and he hung out with them. He walked around with them in the garden. He spent time with them. He he loved them. He cared so deeply for them. And then the enemy shows up in the garden, and the enemy tempts Adam and Eve, and he gets them to sin. And so, what happens when sin comes into our lives? Because we we believe we, we got to know that we're all sinners. We're all uh, we all have this inside of us is that that sin, what it does, it is in our life, it separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. And so what happens is there's this deep separation between God and his greatest creation, you and me. And he loves us so much, and he's like, oh, here's what I need to do. I'm going to send Jesus to be a sacrifice for our sins so we can be back together again, so we can be closed again. And so we gotta believe that we're sinners, and the second thing we have to believe is that Jesus is our savior. I wanna tell you tonight that there's nothing else in this world that can save you There's nothing, there's no other uh, faith, there's no other belief, there's no other God. Our God is the only God. Jesus is our only Savior, and he says uh, that Jesus is our Savior. Uh, John 14, 6, it says, and this is Jesus talking, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then in Mark 16, 16, it says this, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. See, faith in Jesus is what brings you back into a right relationship with God. Faith is all about believing. It's all about believing. Hebrews 11, 1. Says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of the things that we cannot see. So I want to ask you tonight tonight we're talking about, really, we're talking about our salvation. We're talking about who Jesus is and, and what he did for us and how he is the only way to heaven for what Jesus did for us, the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us. And, and it's all about faith and believing. Believing that he did that for us. So let me ask you tonight, can you see your salvation? No. I mean, we we do good works. We meet together like this and we do some good things. But you can't see your salvation. But by faith, we believe that we're saved. By faith in God, by faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, we can believe wholeheartedly. That He separated us from sin, that He came to take sin from our lives. By faith, we can believe it. We may not even feel saved sometimes. We may not even—you uh, can't see your salvation—but by faith, you believe it. Today's the anniversary of of nine eleven, of, of the September eleventh uh, attacks on us. I don't know if you guys um, maybe they talked about it at school today, um, or maybe they didn't, but today is the anniversary of that, and, um, and which is, which is a huge deal. Most of you in this room weren't even born before that time. Uh, Some of you guys were maybe even babies, or, or you probably don't actually remember the actual thing happening, but I, I, I remember it. I was, I was 22 years old when that took place, and, and that was 18 years ago, and, and, um, I I remember that after that happened, I'll I'll never forget, yeah, the the date the thing was everything that took place was, was a terrible, terrible thing, but I'll never forget what happened after that. That there was a huge rush of people back to church. They were scared. There was a lot of people scared, like, oh, we're we're under attack, oh Jesus is coming back. I'm scared, I'm going back to church. Like my life's messed up, I gotta change some things. And 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 it was it was a terrible thing and like like people who rushed back to church and and I got to be honest like I remember my sister calling me up and she's not like a solid believer but she called me up and she's like Jeremy I'm going back to church this world's messed up like uh, God's Jesus is coming back anytime soon and and so like uh, this rush of people came back to church and 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 it's I, I want to just remind you tonight. Um, that, that, that was all fine, but then after a while, there took some time, and after a while, everything, everyone kind of settled down and calmed down a little bit, and those people who rushed to church or rushed to God out of fear, not all of them, but a bunch of them just stepped right back to the way they were living. I, I watched it happen. I saw it. Churches were so packed, so full, and then a year later, months later, a year later, they were kind of back to where they were. And a lot of people were just so fearful and so scared. And I'll, I'll never forget that um, a lot of people, their, their faith is based on fear. Oh, if I don't pray this prayer, if I don't do these right things, and maybe this is kind of like we are too. But if I don't do these right things or if I don't go to church and if on Sundays and Wednesdays and if I don't do these things, I'm going to hell. Which, by the way, is a real place. For people who don't follow Jesus, I'm not trying to scare anyone tonight, but you got to know. Um, but it, it didn't stick, but their faith was, was based on fear. See, I, I want to ask you tonight, what is your faith based on? Maybe for some of you in this room, you've grown up in church and your faith is based on maybe what your parents taught you or what you learned in Sunday school or what you've learned just attending or going to church. But is your faith your own? Have you made it your own? Are you kind of, you follow? are you a follower because of maybe what your parents did for you? And which is great. I'm glad they've got you to church. I'm glad they've got you here and engaged and involved. But where are you personally at in your relationship with Jesus? That's my question for everyone tonight is where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Maybe you're feeling far away. Maybe you're so distant. Maybe at one time, You prayed a prayer, and that's a great thing, and and you accepted Jesus, and that's awesome. But tonight, you could could really say that I'm so far from Jesus. I'm not sure that I, 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 it's been a long time since I've spoken with Him, since I've felt His presence, since I've been in His presence. And so tonight, we just want to take a few moments, and maybe... Before we get there, too, though, maybe there's some of you here tonight, maybe you're new or newer here tonight, and you don't know this Jesus that we talk about, but maybe tonight you are interested and you would like to know more about him. We want to pray with you. We want to give you the opportunity to find and to know Jesus and to accept him into your life.